That's my chain. Talk shit at this part. About how like the world didn't see it coming. That's my chain. Now you know this fresh, right? You didn't know. I'm so wild. They call me for local, so local. Where they do Hi. Welcome. Welcome. How Hi. are you doing, C? I mean, um, D. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Almost uh, gave away your first letter there. Oh, um, that's okay. They rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <Yeah>. Love that. <laughs> All right. Welcome to episode 36 of the Two Square Girls podcast. Uh, and in honor of February, we're doing, is it novels that are love adjacent? Yes. And like common tropes and stuff that are in them like ones that common we like and dislike. Yeah. i love that common <laughs> tropes of love adjacent novels um <laughs> etc because <laughs> yeah. they end up veering um well how are you firstly i know you're back in california yep i am here for one more week and one um, more week yeah i love that um, <laughs> i love that and and so are you here through next weekend um i think i'm gonna let's see the plane leaves on saturday so almost almost through the weekend yeah on saturday okay what i'm gonna do is try to mail your manuscript to you and it should arrive by like wednesday thursday at the latest i'll know oh, it tomorrow thank you um yeah because i don't know if i'll be coming up to norcal um but yeah. it's amazing and i love it um i did write on it is that okay no that's what i wanted yeah that's, okay. that's my that's my favorite way of editing yeah okay cool those are my line notes and then i'll have like a little extra thing too so i spent a lot of time on it so oh, yay i'm so excited um yeah for those of you who don't know what we're talking about um d here in uh you know classic writer fashion has produced another um hit <laughs> And uh, I do believe that the book review for your memoir is going to come out sometime um, in the LA review. So look out for that. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, man. I'm it was an honor, honestly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So uh, let's get to it. What's our first uh, love novel adjacent or common trope that uh, we'd like to explore? Well, this one is kind of a rather old one, but. I've noticed in lots of Victorian novels, especially, there was the trope of the romantic invalid, in which, ah. like, a sickly woman was sh- was shown as the most appealing. And it's like, I know that's kind of actually kind of gross, and yet, for some reason, I really like it, because I feel like I'm always sickly, so it makes me think, okay, I guess that's not totally unappealing if you're sickly then. <laughs> Well, okay, so sickly in what way? Um, well, in the Victorian days, it was usually that she had consumption, aka tuberculosis. Whoa! Um, like in um the book Camille by Alexander Dumas, and um, that's the that's the first one that I can think of where there was, um, La Bohème also. Yeah, La yeah, Bohème. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many, I think, places where that it's either like the sickly woman. Or there's also like the invalid guy or like the kind of like, <laughs> there's, there's a, there, you know, like it can, I feel like it can cross genders too. Oh yeah. I mean, and definitely in um, A Long Day's Journey Tonight, there was a character, I think the younger brother had tuberculosis. I think that was probably based on Eugene O'Neill himself. And um, yeah, yeah, there was like, I think there was like a romanticism around death, like turning to, I, maybe more people like died young back then perhaps, or um 
could have I been mean, sorrows of, of young dying, warrior esque yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say a lot of people are dying now. I wonder True. if we're gonna have a love in the time of cholera situation. I think so. Um, where you know, I I mean, it's it's very likely. I did you ever read that book? I um this this is a cop out, but I saw the movie. But okay, I should read how the book. <laughs> How was the movie? It was pretty good. I'm sure the book was way better as you, as it, as it usually is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I I think it's really um, you know, I think it was audacious to t- to write about love in the time of cholera and now that we're in covid, I feel like there are already things coming out. I'm like too soon, guys. It hasn't even finished yet. Like let it <laughs> <laughs> Let it be over, and then we'll write about it, okay? I know. Um, you need a little bit of distance sometimes, you know, from especially a big event like that. <laughs> also, like, what would it be? Tinder in the time of COVID? Like, <laughs> um, that Yeah, that sounds extremely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Swiping in the time of, um, you know, <laughs> extended plague. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's uh, TikTok. I don't know. That could get real organs on TikTok in the time of COVID sounds <laughs> very catchy, to be real. Um, I I still want to explore the trope though. So, what do you think it was about the like kind of invalid sort of trope that made that appealing in that era? Um, I think it's. I mean, this is this is probably deemed unbelievably sexist now, but I think it's because like it allowed the man to be the savior, you know, like taking care of this woman and trying to get her better. Okay. Um, and that's would be highly unpopular in this day and age. Um, and yeah, I'm pathetic enough to still find it appealing because like I always feel like I want to be saved by someone, you know, like I well, want someone to just take care of me sometimes and magic, and it'll magically make me better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, I don't even think it even sounds that that sounds like it is preferable to all the kind of narratives that are happening now, because there's no there's no rules anymore. (laughs) True. You know, it it feels like things are almost I wouldn't say worse than Victorian era when it comes to like that kind of like feminism or standing up for yourself or not needing to be saved. But I mean, a little bit like people aren't really buying into the whole independent thing anymore because it doesn't work out like when it when people when like exit like in theory it sounds like yeah of course you can do stuff by yourself and you know women can absolutely you know uh not need anybody to save them but in reality there's there's certain situations where uh not that women need anyone to save them but the kind of traditional ways of getting things done doesn't even work anymore true because there's so much rampant like uh you know sexism still and there's like it's it's almost like worse now you have to like you almost have to like kind of hyper feminize to get through some situations true (laughs) and that's so stupid because it kind of makes it seem like there's it well a it it kind of like like everyone's kind of just faking it at that point yeah there's no <laughs> and so I think like if we were okay because one thing I was thinking of when we were thinking of this topic was if those Victoria novels that we talk about were to be written today or to be re sort of maybe retold today, yeah uh what would that look like you know because mm. it can't be the same like even though we do kind of talk about classics and 
you know, oh, this wouldn't fly in this day. And yeah. there's, there's so many things that do fly under the radar in this day and age Yeah, where I'm seeing that to be more common, like maybe not invalid woman, but definitely there's this idea of the kind of helpless woman. Oh, or, yeah. You know, or like that, the, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the manic pixie dream girl trope. Oh God. Yeah. That's yeah. Such a tr- that's such a common. And I think um, it's a trope that has been repurposed, repackaged. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, sold yep. <laughs> as in classic kind of consumer fashion. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that, well, in that sense, I think the manic pixie dream girl, she's not necessarily invalid. I mean, she's got like some stuff to take care of for yeah. sure. But she's but it, shown as kind kind of helpless because she's so one dimensional. It's like almost like she's at the mercy of her neuroses, and yet nothing is ever done to help her with her problems. She's always helping the guy with his problems, and then he that, just kind of like yeah. goes on his merry way. And she, you know, she's just you know, right. into the in, into the shadows or something. It's just it's it's so annoying. <laughs> right, it is really annoying because it it's still very guy centric. Right? It is. It's kind of It's kind of like very much like oh this girl who pops out of nowhere seemingly like, yeah where are her like connect like her you know like life like connections family friends whatever and you're like where did this person come from firstly um because you never really hear about her like this in this trope you never really get to know any dimensions beyond her like kind of zany adventurous side yeah yeah it's like um, what led does she have manic depression does she have borderline personality disorder it's like what led her to this you know and why is she settling for some schlub you know because usually the guys that, that, that they put her with are kind of like i know it sounds mean of me but usually they're kind of losers oh they're basic yeah you know i would say they're, they're pretty basic and and honestly the basic guy trope hasn't changed much yeah um if anything, they're allowed to dress worse. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, back in the Victorian age, at least they had to wear like suits or something. I know. Yeah. Um, what happened to suits? <laughs> I think I think the uh, casual wear of things kind of took over that. And also just because I think with the laziness of men and I mean, I'm being very like dude bashing. I'm sure <laughs> there are non lazy dudes out there. Yeah. Like, guys who are you know so to speak you know res- like being whatever respectful yeah. um but in general the expectations and standards are so much lower for a man i know and they're astronomical for women oh it's, yeah it's almost impossible to meet that standard i once lived with this woman who i thought she was like almost like very close to perfect and in, in the like kind of like outside looking at it from the outside in like she was very svelte and like you know even very even just in a modern sense like super uh go-getter type very type a (laughs) like very um active and you know responsible with everything around her like you know like kind of stood on her own two feet had everything together makeup and hair always on point um (laughs) you know and inevitably inevitably people found something like she would post maybe like something about um her like paying off her like last car payment or something 
And then the comments on there would be like, wow, is that a chipped manicure on your nail? Like a chipped nail on your manicure? And like stuff like that. I'm like, damn, look at the haters. That's ridiculous. I mean, it was so obvious that people were, you know, being like jealous almost or like, um, you know, sort of like envious, however you want to call it. Like they were, they were being like trying to bring someone down whom they knew had their shit together because they didn't really like the fact that a woman could have her shit together. Um, It's like reverse schadenfreude or something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it's like, yeah, no, exactly. And you know, that, that's so typical of women downplaying kind of what they have or the other way around. They have to like upplay what they have or don't have because inevitably there are, especially other women can sometimes, you know, be that be that voice being like hey this is still not good enough yeah (laughs) i know sometimes women are the most critical of each other too and i always think that's just so so wrong you know it's defeating the purpose you know (laughs) society fed for certain it is yeah things that guys are able to sort of fly you know like buy with women are for some reason completely not allowed to to even like entertain the notion yeah like it's it's so wild and I think that's where sort of that attractiveness of that trope comes in because here's like this person who's very obviously not able to do anything for herself quote unquote um you know because of either an illness or a circumstance and then guys wanting to like see that as like oh like I can you know be the one to come in and save her another thing I see is girls who already have a boyfriend or are otherwise you know already um like you know attached (laughs) yeah like men lusting after that is a very big is a very big trope because then it's like something unattainable the unattainable like in the great gatsby that's the classic yes. thing I always think of. yeah <laughs> gatsby for sure gatsby it's such i was just recently like in the company of someone who had this exact sort of feeling where they're like well you know she can't leave her boyfriend right now he's overseas and <laughs> and you know when he comes back then she'll break the news to him and and we'll be together in february and <laughs> i almost want to like have that person on as a guest speaker be like hey uh <laughs> you guys together yet <laughs> like, yeah i know, you know I because know. it's i mean that's kind of a shitty thing to say you know there's there's real feelings involved etc um but i i don't think that people can be objective in their own lives I mean I can't be objective in my own life I always have you know my excuses for things but um you know when it comes to especially things when it comes to like romance when it comes to like um things matters of the heart so to speak love knows no logic or bound or um those kind of things I'm always a little bit skeptical yeah because on the outside things can look really good um or really messy and then there's a different reality on the inside and so I think that's like the nuance of what these novels are portraying like with Gatsby um which is still like so romanticized even though it's a 
bit of a toxic love story. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it, leads you know, in, it leads to many deaths. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to say the least, like, if there's so many, like, issues with it and just the fact that Gatsby as a character would never exist. Like, there would never be, like, a character who pines for a woman so much that he like becomes this sort of uh, like kind of avant-garde partier type and then I know isn't already somehow like you know once once that happens or if that even does occur it almost gets to a point where it's like I mean he'll eventually find someone else you know yeah there's someone in the meantime and that was never from what I remember in in Gatsby right I don't remember it talking about any other dalliances that he had which is like in reality sometimes if you if you have an unrequired love like you'll you'll date other people who are even though you're not as interested in them just to fill yeah. this hole and like in yeah. reality I feel like that's what he would have been doing I mm. definitely think that's what Gatsby was up to I think <laughs> that Fitzgerald decided that wouldn't be as hot um, yeah. of a love story because I mean because it makes sense because it's not as though like you know it's not as though she was not otherwise occupied with a terrible also can we talk about that like what was attractive about you know her current paramour that she stayed I guess like security I guess I mean he was he was quite wealthy I mean the way he was described in the book he sounded kind of like a bore to me though so I don't really I guess it was just security because yeah yeah I know that's a, a very big driving force for marriage especially back then was financial security Right. Um, I mean, it's a big driving force now. Oh, yeah. Like, even I mean, if it's not a reality. It's, like, it's true. <laughs> the concept that I grew up with was, you know, it's really funny because I remember because I have, you know, five older brothers, all of whom were arranged married. And yeah. I remember talking to I think it was my fourth sister-in-law. And she was like, you know, the way it's supposed to be is that there's pairings that are, you know, predetermined. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, this whole love shove idea comes into play. And I started cracking up because <laughs> love shove a hilarious. Yeah. Like just right off the bat. Great. Like, well, great metaphor for what it really is <laughs> when it comes to the arrangements. And then B, like, how do you know that love shove doesn't get to where you're trying? It's 50 50 either way. It's a, you know, crapshoot no matter who you like end up with eventually so why not like give it a go um if you find someone that you like but I think her point was that there needs to be something beyond just the like passionate love to carry things going like a sense of obligation or a sense of like familial like you know uh grounding or whatever um because you know it's not love is not enough you know it's not it's not enough to just have that be like the foundation it's a that's a very like new modern like kind of idea and I'm like is it though because I mean I do know that because even just through these novels and stuff like the way that it's narrated there does seem to be I guess we're talking mostly like Victorian or like um (laughs) Eurocentric or whatever novels but yeah essentially like there is a concept of 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 like uh attachment that is beyond just logic or beyond just necessity yeah um but i mean i mean we'll see in like things like austin novels and stuff like that where Mm -hmm. there is a huge societal push and everything is kind of um 
kind of like revolving around the whole like pairing or marriage thing and that is very I think emblematic of not just Victorian but like you know even in some societies or places today where like me growing up I always had to go to weddings and things and that and I I hated them they were so boring and (laughs) and like I had to get dressed up I'm like who am I doing this for there's nobody here like that you know I'm not doing this for me I don't want to get dressed up this is some bullshit but inevitably that's what it was though it wasn't for me it was for whomever else was around that then you're kind of just like showboating in order to attract potential suitors yeah it's kind of like you know like word of mouth almost like male birds you know like how they're always like have this fancy plumage you know strutting around well, it's like, the funny it's thing like is the... the guys were never like they had zero e- expectation i remember my oldest sister-in-law being like yeah it doesn't matter what the guy looks like i'm like that's such an unhealthy way to like i know this is why we have such slovenly men and they are she's slovenly. Like, well, <laughs> oh, and so- even on TV, it's like they're shown as just you know sitting with, with in front of the TV or whatever, you know, so all the time. They're kind of like that IRL, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and well, the funny thing is, like, even the ones who think that they have got it together or have their you know sort of life and and play, even they are pretty basic. Like, the standards are so low, and the kind of way to navigate that is so much easier. I think for yeah. men but also they seem to have this like sense of entitlement yeah where it's like oh like now that I have the basics in play I now deserve kind of someone like a knockout and, I know yeah it's true and I'm like wow like knockouts do exist like don't get me wrong um but there was there was so much that occurred in order to produce that you might be surprised what's actually behind the like veil of you know makeup and stuff and I mean I'm not really one to talk I don't exactly do any of that anymore but Uh yeah I mean I'm I admit that even you know even though I'm I'm living with my fiance and stuff I walk around in like house dresses all the time so I feel like I look like house dresses are wild comfortable are we bringing that back I mean I'm trying to I really am (laughs) I miss house dresses I miss having like you know just the basic um because even a like okay this might be biased because you know I'm a girl but even at my most slovenly state I'm nowhere near as bad as a guy on like a good day <laughs> like <That's>, yeah <laughs> I know I agree <laughs> and obviously not every guy and obviously I'm nowhere near my like you know uh peak performance here but it it definitely does seem like there are so many things that are tolerated because men will be men and they're supposedly like the providers but I don't see that to be the case all the time anymore a lot of times now especially because like in these um tropes it was like the self-made guy was like yeah seen as like the sort of hero like for example in Pride and Prejudice it was um Darcy right yeah he was the kind of like and he was an asshole, to be real. I know. It's like, um, in, it seems like men, when they're assholes, it's shown to be romantic, like, you know, Heathcliff or something in Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Then, and it's like, then they're like the shrew, you know, oh, if, if they show moods. So. Yeah. I think, who was it who was like the bookish nerd in that in that book? And she was always seen as like the sickly one. Oh, was it Jane? <laughs> was it, or... was it, no. Well, no, Jane was the oldest. And okay. she was more like 
the like graceful but quiet one and then there was elizabeth i think it was mary because then lizzie or not lizzie who was the other one lydia lydia, lydia was like the like wild card who ended up with wickham <laughs> um and then like i think it was mary who was like always like they're like oh she's always just in her books and shit. oh yeah and, like i'm like yeah good for mary like you know the world out there is seems like a lot of nonsense and, i know <laughs> you know and and I think the also, you know, the it, it feels like an unhealthy sort of obsession to always like I know girls are boy crazy and like that's fine. I mean, unless they're lesbian in which they're girl crazy <laughs> or both like it, you know, they're they're kind of romantic partner crazy, etc. But I also think that when it comes down to it, like, you know, the the tropes themselves they are supposed to be based off of like some reality yes yeah Yeah. so we've got the invalid invalid and then we've got the manic pixie dream girl what are some other ones um i guess the gatsby's all like you kind of touched upon this the love triangle that's the Ah, (laughs) triangle nowadays it's more like i don't even know um it's not even a triangle anymore it's just like a straight up pollock painting like it is you know because there's uh so many um i think things that that there's this luxury of not knowing anymore Mm. um especially if people are updating oh yeah that that in and of itself is like its own like a no one takes anybody seriously on those and it's a problem but it's also not a problem because like I don't think people take each other seriously in person as much either. There's just more accountability if you like met someone through a friend or something. Yeah. You like can't just like disappear on them. Yep. But <laughs> another, yeah. I mean, another thing though is that I think that the books that'll come out, you know, I think it'll be more than just triangles because. And and that doesn't seem to be as I don't even okay, I don't even like books that have triangles. I like my very straightforward like romantic novels where, you know, there might be someone else in the picture, but they're ultimately like, you know, non <laughs> like a non issue because yeah. the guy and the girl are, are like the main characters. I like, always love prefer triangles. that too. <laughs> yeah, because love triangles make me wild and comfortable. I mean I'm gonna use a <laughs> I'm gonna use an example from um a professor who kept assigning Twilight um but but but, you know in that series they're the very obvious love triangle but then how did that end up I don't know if you know this but the the guy who didn't end up with uh the main girl character he ends up like imprinting on her daughter and I'm like what the hell is this like that's creepy we're all just kind of saying this is okay because she seems to age faster because she's like supernatural like that was such a wild like turn of events and there were so many like problematic things with that series not with withstanding that it was not like uh based on anything besides like it's supposed to be like the gothic novel of like kind of the millennial generation slash like but then gen z like romanticizes it so hard (laughs) And I'm like, don't do that. Like, you don't get it. Like, it, it this was made fun of when I was coming up. Like, I mean, you if, if you think about it, it's like almost like you know, Lolita esque. Lolita was actually almost like a love triangle too. It's like Lolita you know, seems more realistic. It actually old. is, and it's at least it's not romanticized. I mean, people know it's creepy. Yeah, <laughs> well, I hope people do know it's creepy. It anyway. oh my goodness. Well, and then Lolita is one of those things where it's still pretty a, a common. Like, no one wants to talk about it because it's so taboo. 
but that occurs more often than not like the old guy young girl thing oh yeah is huge and it's such a like it's so commonly accepted it's so like widely okay because again the I guess the like you know the underlying sentiment is that oh this is security for the girl (laughs) and of course the man should get something out of it too Mm -hmm. like I know it's like it's very rarely reversed you know except in Harold and Maude or something (laughs) well if it is reversed it's very quickly like seen as like because the like sugar mama thing doesn't really hold as much it's it's almost that seems almost like more unacceptable I know and 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 it's also something that I've seen to be like not as long lasting I guess because then the guy kind of like grows up because then what's he gonna do when he becomes an old man he's not gonna take care of her yeah you know like I mean I'm sure there are instances where that's occurred but in literature like when's the last time you saw that happen in a book you know Mm. yeah Um, it's like I mean in this is different in the film and the book of but in breakfast at tiffany's the main character the the man in the movie he's like a you know basically a gigolo and an older woman is paying him right Um, but that you know that's shown as pretty much unacceptable and stuff in the in the movie and i for the life of me i can't remember how it panned out in the book um but i do remember in the book that that the main the main guy and holly golightly did not end up together though she she ran off so that's that was an interesting reversal in the I think movies like to have happier endings than books. They like to tie tie things up more neatly. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and then also I think that you know it when they translate books into movies because they know the public likes a nice tidy ending. Yeah, like they do end up changing a lot of these tropes, or they downplay some of the more like the more unrealistic stuff, or other way around, they like up play the more unrealistic ending which is the happier ending and you know that that seems like wildly irresponsible because it's setting everyone up for you know the whole like the whole disney princess phenomenon where (laughs) it's before before disney came out with these like kind of princess tropes for everything they ended up like i mean because the original stories weren't exactly like you know exactly cut and dry but oh yeah like when, if you look at the Grimm's fairy tales they were based on <laughs> right right and so like when it comes down to like the tropes for women in those movies and stuff people who came up believing or like growing up on that had very unrealistic expectations to be treated like princesses oh and yeah to be, and and like maybe that expectation caused a reality but I argue that it was it's mostly image based and that the reality inside of these relationships that they are now in is much different. Yeah. And and even if like the girl has chosen it and like, you know, sort of like kind of came came up in it and has that expectation, um, the the like much there's there's something incendiary going on inside of it where i think so she's still she's still kind of trapped and and even if she chose it even if she chose that life and and decided that that was for her um there are, are moments of like 
what did I just do? You know? I know. It's like, I mean, I always think of Beauty and the Beast. That was my favorite movie when I was mm-hmm. a kid. And it's actually kind of an abusive relationship. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. it's totally abusive. And it's like, I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know about this. I really don't. <laughs> well, the expectation is the woman is supposed to take the abuse. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the guy is like worth it, I guess. I don't know. I. I can change him. You know, it's like the classic thing, thinking that you can change the rogue or whatever. Sometimes you can't. Well, it's funny because, I mean, I think about it. I can't even change myself when I want to. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, yo, I don't even know if I'm getting out of bed today. Although I I will say, full disclaimer, listeners, I have been in an extended depressive state. So Mm -hmm. that could be impacting my (laughs) general (laughs) outlook of things. But I will say around this time last year, um, I had been fully like COVID friendly in terms of like any sort of contact or dating or anything. Like I was just completely non like, you know, like I hadn't even, I think the most I came to dating was sometimes I would see like a cute guy in the car next to me and we would make eye contact while I was driving. That, that's, yeah, <laughs> that sounds about like, yeah, what, what probably extent what my it. extent would have been too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, um, like post vaccine post sort of you know going back in in person things and things like that I was like wow I should have just stayed in my lane because it's not exactly like great out here when it comes to like the romantic scene I mean I will say I think one of my cousins last year she managed to find like like date find get engaged and get married in a pandemic and I was very impressed that's very Um, impressive I mean I'm lucky that I met um, Daniel, um, my fiance, before the pandemic. It's like it was literally like maybe about six months before. But I mean, if it had been after, I don't know if I would have been brave enough to do it. You know, because I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not overly scared of of COVID. I mean, I'm I'm healthfully scared, but not like overly. But it's like, I think it still would have been enough to make me not venture out. So it's like, I I always think that I got lucky. Yeah. I wasn't talking to anybody. I guess that would have been a good time to get to know someone. Like, my cousin basically put it, like, she was like, oh, well, we, you know, like, while he was at work, I would be on FaceTime with him. And then, you know, he would be on FaceTime with me. And we basically just spent all our time together. That's how we got to know each other. And I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. Like, you had, but, you know, like, there's always going to be things like the other person's family, in-laws. There's, like, you know, because especially within the, like, Paki Muslim culture it's you're marrying into the family that's like very much like you know expected noted there's no ifs ands or buts about it you gotta like the girl definitely has to like you know kind of be part of that at least on the surface at least a little bit you know there's always going to be some drama in that sense and I'm like wow uh no thanks like that i know don't want to sign up for that thank you um, it's really stressful i know it's been having to deal with a whole slew of people as well as the husband. <laughs> well how's your okay so i know we're going on a tangent but how's your experience been living with the fam with the um, uh, um yeah <laughs> ah. i i don't i don't really i can't even begin but um the, the thing is like i don't feel like i have a right to complain because they're so nice and yeah it's like it's so freaking overwhelming because we don't have our own house yet daniel and right. I, so it's like you know they can come anytime stay for however long you know it's like i never know when and the the, the younger brother is constantly barging into my room even though daniel's right. told him repeatedly to knock um and everything so it's like oh my gosh 
I, I, I mean, I had to you stay at a hotel for a room. while because I just couldn't take it anymore. I was going to say, do you have a lock on your room? or The lock way? doesn't work. So my next order of business is to go to Ace Hardware and get a lock that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Locks can be replaced. And yeah. a lot of people like like a lot of these things there there there's because um, I remember just growing up like, you know, the we kind of had joined families, too. And like my parents always insisted that it could be a lot worse and I'm like but it could be a lot better too true about that um but I guess what the thing is is like people are scared of change yeah and um adults especially are scared of change I mean children usually have to put up with change so they learn to adapt yeah but once you get older and you kind of like even me if I if there's something closer to me and I'm just familiar with a thing that's far away, I do end up picking the thing that's far away because <laughs> I'm just more used to it. I'm even if there is possibly something better that's even nearby, like picking the new choice, like I have to be in a particular like I can't like be exhausted. I have to be like in a mind mindset to like want to do new things now. Yeah. When it used to just be second nature to me to like be curious and try I know. things out. Me too. And, like you know not having to do things out of necessity I think I've just exhausted that and like you know going back to like changing and and stuff like the whole I can change him or like um thing well a like people don't you can't we can't change other people there's no reason to like there's no like um like it can't happen so we shouldn't even try right but people can change themselves yeah it's like it always has to be the person's decision yeah (laughs) yeah people like we can change ourselves and inevitably inevitably that's what ends up happening and I hate to see it because I see it with guys and girls where they have to change who they are yeah to fit the other person or their Uh, lifestyle yeah um and not for like a short amount of time either because sometimes there's the whole fake it to get through it oh yeah where like we we got to go to this one family thing, okay? It's just for a few hours. <laughs> Paste on that smile, you Ooh. know. Um, take a Xanax, like I don't know, you yeah. know, like it's you know. So there's that part of it where it's just like that's very like normal and typical, and and um, or maybe not. Maybe I just grew up in a very dysfunctional family. Actually, I know I did, but uh, <laughs> I know that that's also true in in a lot of other cases. So, um, you know. But inevitably what what it is, is is there has to be like a huge compromise and it's usually from the woman's end because the woman is expected to to like bend to the will of whatever the guy says. And that's not always the case, I don't think. But I think in a lot of like, especially um, old old novels and stuff like, yeah that was kind of always the case where you you have to listen to what the guy says and and I think that one of the things that inevitably happens is that that becomes so normalized that women become desensitized to it and then all of a sudden they can't really make decisions for themselves when it comes to like things that are like appearance based yeah you know that's so it's it's a weird like um and, and they're much harsher towards other women yeah rather I mean, than i than i know that i've i've been criticized before for my you know like if i go to a gathering or something like that sometimes like i'll just have to take a separate car because like i'm not going to want to stay for as long as everybody else wants to and i've been you know given dirty looks for that before and it's like really it's just the way it is yeah sorry. i love an irish goodbye yep me too 
<laughs> I love that. I love just slipping out and being like, hey, how to go take care of something. Have a great one. Bye. Yeah. God, I got to see everybody. You know, um, when I was at the second event for my cousin's wedding last year, I had to go by myself because it was in L.A. and my parents weren't going to like come down to SoCal for one event. Yeah. And I was trying to get pictures taken pretty early. So if I did need to dip out, I could. Because that, you know, events like that, they make me a little anxious because, like, my family doesn't really, like, they're not super friendly towards me. I mean, they're uh-huh. all, like, they, I think they like me, but they don't, like, like me, at, like, actively. You yeah, know? Like, I, I that's, I'm, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> I think they just, okay, I think this is what it is. They want to know what I'm up to, but no one wants to, like, be there for me. They just want to know what I'm up oh. to and, like, for appearances sake. And I'm like, well, I guess nobody knows now. So, <laughs> you know, we're no one's in each other's. Well, I think they're all in each other's lives, but Mm-mm. I, I don't. I kind of have kept my distance because I, I just, I just knew that if I got too heavy in the past, like you know, decade or so, like or like right after I finished college, I just realized, like, hey, like these people have different goals, and their goals are to get married for the most part, and yeah. that's not my goal. If I if I hang around here, I'm gonna fall into that oh. trap. So you know, I separated myself pretty early on, but I did not get support for it. But luckily, afterwards, all the girls were going to college and getting jobs. Oh, and, good. You know, um, some of them did get married, and then some of them got also divorced. But you know, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know much about that. I just know that you know it's it did happen. So. You know, at, at least some, you know, some of them are out doing their own thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I was coming around to is like women are always expected to change themselves and change their minds about things when it comes to men. And I think we saw that in a lot of love adjacent novels, too. Yeah. What are some what are some ones that you felt were more? Re- Did you ever read The Wife, the Meg Wolitzer book? Um. Oh, not yet. I, 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 oh my gosh, I have I have that book too. I haven't read it yet. I, I, I think even... you'll like it. Yeah, I think you like it because um, my friend who recommended that to me like a long time ago. This is before I think she's married now and has a kid. Cool. Or I know she has a kid. I don't know if she got married to who she was dating. Um, but she, when I asked her what book she would recommend, she gave she told me that one, and it was because that's kind of what was going on in her in her life at the moment and. That I think um, is super emblematic of of like a modern day um, like book because it it kind of I don't know if it's in a movie too. Oh, it is. Oh, weird. It is a movie. That's so funny. Um, so oh yeah, I think it was Glenn Close. But yeah, I do remember that movie when it came out though. Yeah, it is. And and the funny thing is, it's about a husband and wife whose marriage has spanned. Um, from the 1950s to the present and uh and it's essentially about um hold on where's the I'm like gonna read the Goodreads blurb and, okay and, <laughs> <laughs> um but it yeah it's it's like she's the wife of a famous novelist and um there's kind of like a there's a whole thing where she's like not happy but she sticks around anyway um but they're on their way to like stockholm i think where 
he's about to get like an award the the like um you know prestigious author guy (laughs) and you know and and like um basically she decides like that she wants to leave him and she says that for it's like for 40 years of their marriage joan has subjugated her own literary talents to support joe's success and now she wants to stop and I'm like, why'd she wait 40 years? It sounds like, like Zelda. So long. Going back to F. Scott Fitzgerald, that sounds like Zelda. She's, she like totally sublimated yeah. her own literary talents and, and goals for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zelda mm-hmm. Fitzgerald. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the weird thing is like, so, so he's a compulsive cheater. Oh. Um, which of course is very, also very common. Yeah. Like in, in, in a, you know, one, one person's always a cheater and <laughs> like whether emotionally or literally. Yeah. Um, you know, and okay. I don't know. I don't think emotional, uh, you know, cheating is as different, is as like, is as cut and dry as physical cheating. Yeah. Um, that seems like it you know but it 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 happens you know a lot of times um but basically like the whole thing is i don't know it just it it kind of it says let's see um there's like the there's an opening in the book where she like decides while she's like in the plane that she's gonna leave him and she flashes back to 50 years of 1950 smith college in greenwich village the beginning of Castleman's relationship and follows the course of the famous marriage that has brought them to this breaking point, culminating in a shocking ending that outs a carefully kept secret. So I won't spoil it for you. Um, well, that's going to be the next book I read, actually, because I'm almost finished with a book I'm reading right now. <laughs> what book are you reading right now? Um, it's called The Four Winds. It's um, a story of the Dust Bowl, like this lady and her kids. It's, um, it starts out well, but it gets really caricaturish near the end, like just... Oh. I don't like the way it portrays Californians. Not every single Californian in the Dust Bowl was an asshole towards people that, that came over to the state. So it's like, I just, maybe as a Californian, I'm just insulted. But yeah, other than that, it's okay. <laughs> well, there's so many projections about California from the rest of the country yeah. because there have been like, a, like groups of individuals or like specific people who have shaped the landscape so to speak the economic and you know social landscape yeah. and the literal landscape though is still there which is pretty amazing like you yeah. go to places and and i think that's inevitably where the like romanticization or the sort of bitterness comes from because it's supposed to be this like golden land of yeah. opportunity and mm-hmm. gold and fruitfulness and mm-hmm. um all this stuff but it seems really unattainable to the people who aren't already in it that's and true. And I think the reality is that everything in this life is attainable. And I think people are led to believe or are discouraged or, you know, otherwise told that they can't have it for whatever reason, whether it's their socioeconomic class, their race, their gender, like, you know, their their general like, you know, talent abilities whatever like whatever the case may be even though humans are incredibly resilient incredibly adaptable um hardworking for the most part like if you take away all the sort of structural nonsense anything is possible like i've seen poems that i've written like on museum walls and i didn't even know how they got there like if that's (laughs) possible 
you know, if that's if that is able to happen, I mean, granted, I can get paid shit for them, but it's still uh, my art making true. it out into the world. You know, like it's not it's not that you know we don't have talent or value or like skill. It's that what society deems acceptable, they contextualize it or they deem valuable. They contextualize it with sort of these structures of the individuals who create them. I mean, some of the most beautiful things that I've seen, um, both like natural and, you know, man-made have been from unexpected places and things, things that I can't, you know, kind of get if I were to research it beforehand and go looking for it. No, I had to like happen upon it. That's that's um, always the best piece of like the element of surprise always adds an extra like bit of awe to it. Um, I just I just lo- I love that. <laughs> well, and and I think one of the things that people um, hark upon, I guess, is that you know it takes a lot of hard work and dedication and and this sort of thing to make it you know into certain realms. I I would think that sometimes it's honestly when people they do that hard work and dedication they're doing it for other people not for their craft because networking is getting them where they want to go and knowing people in certain places and kind of like getting a jump on you know especially in like settings of LA like writing settings and you know sometimes I'll go to these writing meetups and I'm like, yo, you guys don't write at these things. You're just talking to each other. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I know. I, th- I've been to those before, too. I always, thought, I always thought that it would be, like, a place where you would, like, all be writing. Kind of like the, the yacht. There's a place called the Yacht-O that Sylvia Plath went to where, like, the writers didn't so much socialize. They just each had their own, like, little cabin and just wrote quietly. And it's like, I thought, I don't know. I'd rather do something like that. I feel like if if they're you know like for me I I love going to places where people aren't writing and then sitting down and writing oh yeah that's where I get the most out of it like if I'm going to somewhere specifically with other writers other poets what what inevitably ends up happening is this weird sort of thing where they're all kind of everyone sort of thinks they're tastemakers and so they all (laughs) sit there and create their little tastemaking circles and like well this is what's getting published right now you know and and it's so it's so to me um counterintuitive to the process of true authentic real like seat of your pants art you know where you like I my favorite artists are the ones that I may not even know like that they did that art you know are, are the ones that you know are are undervalued that are sort of not considered to be more popular um in the zeitgeist or you know in in kind of like classrooms and stuff like that and and kind of like these writing salons or these very exclusive slash like invite only type things because because like those things are um they're they're all about control they're all about power and control and to a certain extent even like things like mfa programs or phd programs Mm. or like you know these sort of academic circles and and stuff they're also very big on self-importance and people want to place a lot of value on on kind of like the outcome of it rather than the process and there's something very beautiful about art that makes it into the world without someone even knowing that it's happening oh yeah there's something amazing about art revealing itself to the artist at the precise right moment like all all I mean this has happened to me more times than I can count at this point 
but it's like a little message from the universe that hey like you might have stopped you know at with something but you picked up and kept going and then look what happened look what came out of it and that's great yeah and and like I mean getting back to like the whole love thing like I I am a hopeless romantic not yep. gonna lie like I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely if I wasn't I absolutely would have gotten married like way back like yeah. back when my parents were like you know trying to like find people for me to get married to before I like single-handedly fucked up my reputation oh. by being like I don't even know how I'm like hey at this point can we all just normalize the fact that everybody has shit in their lives they were just hiding it I know um, <laughs> like, it's, it's actually abnormal not to be a mess it's, it, it makes me feel like you're like a robot or a psycho or something i, don't I know. know i have friends yeah. that seem pretty well adjusted and they're pretty happy and <laughs> like they have kind of things going for them that are great and i love them like they're great they're great people and they're i i don't think they're average i think they're extraordinary yeah but i think they are well adjusted and i although that might not be normal they're still human like yeah they still have these sort of needs and and sort of things too um and that's how we relate to one another you know it's yeah. by kind of knowing that we're like all at the end of the day kind of working towards like kind of similar things and those things aren't you know they're not I guess like exclusive to just like you know this fantasy you know they're not fantastical things that we're looking towards they're more like you know normal things that we are all kind of have as humans have a need for or have a desire for and one of those is is love is partnership and Mm -hmm. and another wild thing is whenever I talk to people who I don't really talk to a lot of married people because they have they seem to have their own like (laughs) I can't relate they have their own problems going on but Uh I'll talk to people in relationships and it's never as good as it they make it out it's almost like they are in it reluctantly sometimes like oh, they, yeah. they like their relationship but they're also not super like like it's not perfect obviously there's either like a long distance thing going yeah. on or there's um some some issues in it where they're like hey like yeah like you know it's it's kind of almost like so they're able to say that they have a boyfriend or that they yeah. have a boyfriend and rather than like the actual like the reality of the situation um but I mean, it, it's also like, who am I to say? Like, I I have plenty no, of like, no, you know, plenty of people from our high school like got married and had kids, and they seem happy. You know, I know um, it's um, and I I know that I was just um, remembering that you know that the the director Greta Gerwig who ended up being having gone to our high school, you know, yeah. Um, she, uh, I guess I, for some reason I thought she was married, but I guess she's she's with director Noah Baumbach, but they're not actually married. And I oh. guess, and I always think that's another common thing these days is that people like will just stay together for a really long time, but won't actually get married. And I always like, and then I was thinking, what if that ends up happening with Daniel and I? Because it's like, you know, we've he hasn't even gotten the ring for me yet, and he proposed a year ago, so it's but, like, oh, well, you're engaged though. We're engaged, engaged, but he hasn't produced the ring yet, even though he's, you know, he keeps on saying he will, but it's been over a year, so. Um, and mm. so you I gotta take him you gotta take him quote-unquote ring shopping don't I, tell him you're going to i know shop. i think i'm gonna have to because it makes me feel like he's gonna like you know having, having doubts so it's like you know and i know that almost everybody in the family thinks that we have a perfect relationship and it's like it's not because i i feel like uncertain almost every minute you know like i feel like he's sick Ooh. of me or doesn't want to you know 
isn't prioritizing me and stuff so it's 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 hard yeah because and it's hard to it's almost more painful to shatter a family member's illusions than your own because it's like i mean if i shattered my mom's illusions about how wonderful she thinks her relationship is then it would just cause her more worry so yeah. that's part of the reason why i feel like i have to put on a facade is it's like i don't want to let other people down so it's just it's it's really weird well, mm-hmm. I think the only person you'd be letting down then is you, though. Yeah. You know? And and you don't want to do that either, because I think really at the end of it, people want you to be happy. And, you know, I, I do think that, well, A, rings are very symbolic. I mean, like, rings in and of themselves, like, have huge symbolism, both in literature and in love. And, you know, in modern day, too, there's a reason why, like, men propose. Well, did he propose with a ring? What did he propose with? Nothing. <laughs> what? How did he propose? He just asked you one day. He just said, "Do you want to get married next year?" No, it's... Oh, well, it's next year now. Though. It is next year, and it's gonna. Ah. It's actually been more than next year, so that's why I'm beginning to think. Okay, you know what? He's lived with me for a while. He's seen how bitchy I am. Oh dear. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. I, I, I think you're wonderful. A. I think any guy would be lucky to have you. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm not just saying that. Yeah. I think I truly do believe that because. Like, you give a shit. There's so I few do. people, mm-hmm. there's so few women in this world that give a shit about anything but themselves. And <laughs> and even if they do, like, even when they do give a shit about anything but themselves, they're always perceived as as only caring about themselves, which kind of sucks. It does. It does. <laughs> um, but I also think that when it comes down to sort of, like, things like this of nature where, you know, guys, they, they're not as clueless as they seem. You know, being like, hey, like, look, if you can't find one, I'm going to design one and then you have to get it for me. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that'll kind of spur him into action. Like, oh, no, like my fiance, if she wants to, like, have her own, like, you know, <laughs> say on something, better do something about it. You know, yeah. um, and and so, like, you know, in, in that sense, like it, it, there shouldn't have to be any sort of reverse psychology or gimmicks or guile. But honestly like even okay I'm sure my cousin would hate me revealing this but (laughs) even before she got married like right beforehand um you know and she has two kids now and she's very happy with her husband like I see like you know like I'm sure she's just like very very like you know she she seems very happy in her life so it all worked out yeah and this was like a dozen years ago maybe like 10 ish um or so but she had gone through her like at that point her fiance's phone and found out that he had been talking to somebody like his childhood friend and he had told his childhood friend who's a girl that he loved her like very recently in his messages even though they were getting married like that day oh no and yeah and so like you know i didn't know what to say because i didn't want to like I wanted to make her feel better and be like, hey, he's marrying you. Um, but I also knew it was an arrangement, you know, like it was an arranged, essentially an arranged yeah. marriage. And um, like she loves him, you know, she's totally gaga over him. He has, you know, his past, etc. Look, it's not as though like she had any major relationships or anything like that before him. Like she had people that, you know, she like dated or whatever. But and like she was always boy crazy and like, <laughs> her whole thing was always to get married. So, well. you know, and so like that I didn't even know what to say to. And I, I kind of just wanted to be like, yo, like at the end of the day, this whole structure that like arranged marriage, that that's what holds out. So I don't think you have anything to worry about. He's not going to like 
run off with this girl, you know, and whatever. Like, I don't think you have anything to worry about. In yeah. That sense. But I'm like, yo, like, that sucks to be, like, feeling that type of way right before, like, a main event. I mean, there were, like, seven events. So it was one of the, it was one of the, it was one of the marriage events that oh. was happening before. <laughs> and I just, I didn't know what to say because I, I couldn't relate. Like, I, I just wouldn't have married someone who was saying to other women that he loved them no but, yeah, I, i'd always be playing second fiddle at that point i feel like yeah well apparently and i didn't know this but she's pretty strong and she went to that woman's wedding because that woman got married to someone later oh wow and so i think she like went to that just maybe to like be like hey like see this is the way things are supposed to work yeah. <laughs> or whatever but i mean it's it's love is one of those things where you know like I mean, I say it now more than I used to, but I used to feel it more than I say it, you know, like I, I think when I felt it more, I never really said it because it, the feeling was there. So the words almost didn't have to be. Now I know to do both Yeah. You know, when I'm feeling it to say it, but it, it's like, you know, there's, it's, it's a word that's too all encompassing. And I think having different words delineated, like. Like, remember when we were, I know you got to go soon, but remember when we were in high school and did you ever have to take that love versus infatuation thing? Yes. (laughs) So weird. It was so weird that they made us do that. I'm like, why not talk about all the other emotions? I know. know? Yeah. Like you guys just completely skipped over horniness. Like (laughs) I guess that's part of infatuation technically. I guess so. Lust. Yeah. Yeah. Lust. Exactly. They were bashing Romeo and Juliet so hard. I know. How dare they? What does everybody have to read now in freaking freshman year Shakespeare? Like Shakespeare's takes on love were so epic and so dramatic and so like they were so like that's the reason we still even though there's so many like things wrong with like a lot of the stuff now but even back then that was like a lot of those things were taboo so yeah. it doesn't matter but it's it was real and raw and visceral yeah I, lo- very, I loved it yeah also very passionate you know um same with Anna Karenina in oh I love Leo that one Tolstoy. Too. Mm-hmm. yeah and that the whole point of that book was the message was terrible it was like hey a, a life of like you know like uh kind of this the sort of simple life of of the because the whole side side story with that was with I think what was that guy's name Lennon or something um it was his side yeah right it was his sort of he had this kind of he started out a little rocky but then ended up having his very idyllic life in the farm very simple very rural and and it was the life of rural simplicity is (laughs) preferable to the life of you know passion yeah and and you know desire which only leads to tragedy like that, that's <laughs> that's right and it, it seems like lots of books back then if a woman like cheated you know she basically was condemned to death you know either by suicide or getting in some accident or whatever but um man russian novels man they, yeah, they don't very, fuck around very intense <laughs> <laughs> well and that kind of brings us back to this uh season of love so to speak with this very manufactured February Valentine sort of thing <laughs> where we're all kind of like we're all kind of just like wondering what's going to happen because we are in a quote-unquote love in the time of COVID yeah um but are we though because I feel like there are other emotions that override love right now like anxiety <laughs> I mean I think the anxiety is probably the prevalent one I mean it kind of overshadows everything yeah it does. And it, I think it colors our relationships, too, because I didn't envision myself, you know, as a, 
you know, self-appointed hopeless romantic. I didn't envision myself kind of doing any sort of dating and during a plague um, just for <laughs> safety reasons. But here I am craving like human interaction and emotion oh, yeah. and, and connection. And honestly, some of it occurs, but some a lot of it doesn't. And a lot of it is because of this sort of fractured idea that everyone has about about love and, and society and just sort of like heartbreak and the nature of things like things people perceive things their own way and I think in, in the books that we read growing up and just like the classic sort of love novels and, and love tropes um, which we have only really begun to scratch the surface on um, you know these these sort of ideas and stuff they get they get skewed or they're one-sided or they're very much not sort of applicable to people's lives because people have different sort of like obligations towards themselves and others. And yeah. and so like, it's, it'll be kind of neat. Like I, I often think it's neat to, to kind of touch base with people that I came up with and see where they're at now in their relationships and in their lives. Some of them, they're very normal. Most of them, aren't very happy to be real yeah. they're kind of they're kind of just you know floating like hey like yeah of course like they're there out of obligation either to themselves or their families and um even when things are tough like when times are great I kind of just like you know I'm like hey like that that's what it's supposed to be that seems real you know but then later on like like a lot of my favorite people who got married like they, they freaking got divorced and I'm like what yeah. the fuck is this like you you guys were my gold standard now I have nothing to like sort of like look forward to. I know that's like the worst you know yeah. yeah I'm like what true love doesn't exist this is some bullshit yeah um, and then and then you know I'll kind of be vindicated and, and talk to my parents be like see I was right to not just enter into something that yeah would be some bullshit yeah, and, that's that's right and they're like oh man you're killing us like please before we before we die please get settled down oh. and i'm like i'll try <laughs> but um but okay let's leave off with one last i know you got to go but one last trope or book or um, whatever well going off romeo and juliet the star-crossed lovers you know, the ah. doomed lovers <laughs> i love the doomed lovers weathering heights story. another example <laughs> yeah great example that's that yeah the sort of doomed yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some others? I, I'm trying to think. Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I know there's, like, a ton, and for some reason they aren't popping into my head, for gosh sake. Let's see. Uh, uh, um, well, let's see. On on Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, I think that was based on a play. Um, it was it was disapproved of the, the two, um, the couple, and that was, you know, they, they were different races, so that was taboo back then. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it I love I love a good taboo. I I um I think that a lot of taboo is based on um very arbitrary societal standards. Yeah. Because I think the way that society and, and culture is set up now, something that might be taboo in one area is completely not even a issue in another family yeah. or community. And if we were all sort of more um, cohesive in society and like look beyond ourselves in our tiny little bubbles, which <laughs> is very hard to do now, yeah, because everyone's bubbles have been sealed. <laughs> um, but we'd realize very, very quickly how how dumb a lot of these arbitrary rules are, truly, yeah, because they 
don't really I mean a lot of people already have kind of like realized that and are trying to navigate it you know vis-a-vis like their sexual identity gender expression etc but even just I'm like that's actually like very specific why not go like further back and just look at how people who are of the same race or religion or whatever all they do inevitably end up together and it's not because they're you know soulmates or whatever it's definitely because like that's kind of what's expected and yeah that's what they're familiar with and they want someone of their own sort of like culture and etc so they don't have to like explain everything over and over but that seems like so short-sighted it because does. because i get oh well oh maybe they see it as long term you know? <laughs> and, and you know maybe that's why the star cross lovers trope is so kind of popular because it's like no, no no unless you're actually in the same sort of you know um group so to speak yeah. groups whatever you want to call them the reason why it can't work out is because you guys are just too different. There's just too much difference in between us and, and things will not work out and it's just too different. Yeah. And I'm like, what about all the examples of people who married within their own thing and then got divorced? You don't oh, think know. too different? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like I always think of you know, the movie Titanic is another example of the star yes! Titanic totally... is yep. a great example. <laughs> I wonder if anyone ever tried to novelize the book Titanic. I know, because it was such a popular movie. It seems like they always novelized books back then, especially. Even the X-Files movie got a novelization. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to have an alien episode next. Speaking of uh, That would be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do an extraterrestrial thing. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm gonna attempt to not be lazy and clean up my immediate environment, which I haven't been doing for months because, again, depressive state. Oh, yeah. That's, um, almost, that's really hard to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, but I, I also think that part of it is just me growing up and, and, like, doing it properly and not just, like, being... I don't think I'm lazy, per se, but I think when certain things arise, I can get very lazy, as you said. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's 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 a one of those days. But um, I am gonna go, and I think this was a good like maybe scratching the surface of of love tropes. Maybe we'll do another one. Before oh yeah, it, it, it could be a whole series. <laughs> I would love I would love to do another one. Maybe like on like Friday or Thursday or something. That would be fun. Yeah. Yay! Okay, <laughs> excellent. To be continued. Um, what should we name this episode? Uh, oh, um love shove what was that thing that you said that you love shove yes i love that love shove is happening okay Okay. yes excellent excellent deal um okay square high this was a good one well we'll catch you next time Bye. (laughs) bye